0: Let's go ahead and pray. We thank you, Father, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your holy written word. We thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for the body that is here and online, Lord. We thank you for the word that is going to be brought tonight, Father, and help us to apply the word and that you would minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, thanks for everyone's help tonight. I know, um, we've got the outlines officially out, I believe. So thank you, pastor, for sending that online. And thank you, Miss Rashawn, for getting these printed out tonight. So she's got magic fingers and able to print these out and figure them out. So I was not able to do that. So thank you very much, Miss Rashawn, for that. So tonight, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to really go and say that this is part two of the last sermon, but I will say maybe it's a 1.5. So again, thank you pastor and pastor Connie for allowing me to teach tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I know this is again a very, very special place to be and I want to honor it. So tonight I'd love to talk about 2024, but when thinking about it, <clears throat> It doesn't have to wait till 2024. So I'm hoping that everything for tonight will bless you and help you. So the title for t- today is actually Courage Fueled by Faith in 2024. And I'm going to be reading from Daniel. And uh, actually, when I had just finalized this, I think it was about, what, yesterday afternoon, Allie? Um, I was talking to my wife and... I had stated, Well I'm gonna be preaching from Daniel and my wife gave me this look, like, oh, okay. I said, Well, well that's well that's not very uh that's not a good look. What's that about? Well, you know that's my dad's favorite book, right? I said, um uh maybe, maybe I heard that, but thank you for confirming. So, um I'm certainly not gonna do justice, but I will try and do my best with with Daniel. I think we can learn a lot from Daniel and I hope it helps you as much as it helped me. So courage fueled by faith in 2024. If you have your Bibles with you, iPads or phones, open your Bible to Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. I think we're all pretty familiar with this scripture. So I'm just going to read, give you a little bit more of a foundation then we'll do a little deep dive on this so verse 13 then nebuchadnezzar in rage, in rage and fury gave the command to bring shadrach meshach and abednego so they brought these men before the king nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. And you can imagine him screaming this at the, the Hebrew boys. Now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and paulstery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. How good must have that felt to say that to the king? If that is the case, our God... Whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Oh, he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So I've got an outline for tonight and I've got a little, uh, a few <clears throat> spaces for you to fill out. So in verse 17, our God whom we serve is able to deliver. So all leaders will eventually face times and where they need to stand up for what they believe and simply say no. That's exactly what Daniel and these Hebrew boys said. Or will not bow down during those times. In times as such, they need courage and conviction to say, I will never bow down. I wanted to take a little bit of a deep dive into the word courage, but before I do that, <clears throat> let me fill in some of these spaces for you. So A, they acted on what they believed. On verse 18, Pastor and I were actually talking about this. It says, but if not, let it be known to you. This, that's not an act of not being in faith. Um, that was maybe even a trans- translation uh, conundrum, so to speak, that this translation did actually not capture the full faith of these boys. So when they said, "But if not," they weren't saying that my God is not going to be able to do this. Though they said, "Yes, my God is actually going to be able to do this." So this translation may not be the best one for it. Believe it or not. Uh, so I wanted to point that out. So they acted on what they believed, and B, nothing is too hard. For God, in verse seventeen, and C believed in the love of God. So when you have faith for God, do things in your life. There is a love for God there, and they also D believed in the sovereignty of God. <clears throat> And then verse 18, we will not bow no matter how many chances you give us. So when these Hebrew boys were speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, they would say, okay, come on, bring it. You're giving us more chances. We're going to stay firm. We're going to stand still. We are, we've got the courage. We've got courage from the heart that God has given us. We have faith. We're speaking that faith, and that's exactly what these boys did. So let's deep dive into the word. Courage. I looked it up from the Hebrew and the pronunciation of the Hebrew is omets, which is courage from the heart, or in other words, omets lev. Um, and so this courage, this is when times in life when we need to step outside of our comfort zone. This is unfamiliar situation. Courage help us to give us strength to go into unfamiliar places and courage helps us with that in the hebrew they also added the word omitz lev which can be translated courage from the heart which in other words means you know with the jewish traditions they're very much heartfelt people just as we all are but they added that lev part to it because this is faith talking from the heart this is courage that God has given them that a lot of people back then did not have when they served and bowed to the king and the the different gods. They didn't have that courage to stand up like Daniel and the other boys did. And then the other word that comes from this root word, omits, is emuts, which actually stands for adoption. So what's the connection between courage and adoption? So you have your family, that's your comfort zone. You've got your wife, your husband, your kids, your aunt and uncle, that's the familiar space. But then this adoption piece, this is the stressful part. This is the other side of this word. It can be stressful with lots of unknown. Not Those are not born into your household. So adoption actually fills them with more courage, knowing that they have more protection, love, and support from the fam- from their families. Feeling of someone being in their corner. This is a beautiful connection of this word adoption. I look at my own personal life. <clears throat> Some of you may not even know that I was adopted at six and a half years old from communist Romania. So my parents, Henry and Joan, they went and took the plunge (laughs) to go to Romania. And they had the plan. They want one boy. They want one girl. I don't think age mattered, but they knew that what they wanted. And they found courage to go. They went in prayer, both of them together, and said, this is what we need to do. This is what we want to do. This is what we're called to do. And they went to Romania. And shortly after that, (coughs) they found me. And they fell in love with me right away. I still remember it very vividly where here I am sitting in the bed with many, many other children. And I actually shared a bed with uh, my best friend back then. His name is Zoltan. He actually lives in Langhorn, in a small world. And I could see my mother back in her 90s long gray trench coat. I would woken up in the early afternoon. I don't know how I knew it was the early afternoon, but I just knew. And out in the hallway, I could see my mother, my mother now. And so later on, I would be called to the director's office. And I said, oh, well, this is, I guess, good. I've never been to this office. And this is where we started talking about adoption. This is where the feeling of somebody's in my corner, Um <clears throat> where courage really took place for my parents and this is the connection between courage and adoption where Daniel and the Hebrew boys had that courage but they also needed to feel that adoption and the love of God to pursue their faith and that's exactly what they did. So another beautiful example of this is, um, so you know that I love classical piano. Back in 1958 there was a young man, he was 23 years old, his name was Van Clyburn. He had won the first ever Tchaikovsky International Piano Competition. And I like what he said here. He said, the brick of my life is music, but the mortar is faith. And it took courage for Van Clyburn, at 23 year old, young man, six foot four, skinny as a rail, just graduated Juilliard School in New York in piano. And the Russians at that point, if you know a little bit about the history, they had just sent out Sputnik. They were trying to be one, one step ahead of the USA, trying to get to the moon and be better at everything. This included the arts. So I believe it was composer Shostakovich that said, I want to create a piano competition to show the world that the Russians are still the best at everything. Well, we know who lost that battle. because And then it took courage, if you know the story a little bit, when Van had played, and he had played the Rachmaninoff Third Piano Concerto, which is this massive 45-minute orchestration and piano piece, uh, the winner needed to be called. And so at that level, the premiere. Was actually called and said, "Who wins? Who's rightfully the winner?" And he said, "Whoever deserves it." And so there, therefore, the American Van Cliburn actually won that piano competition and changed the world and the relationship in the arts for the Russians and um, the Americans. So it's just a fun tib- tidbit about courage because you know you're looking at a 23-year-old young man that went to a different country and sweat Russia off their feet. So what did Daniel have? He had what it took. So let's read Daniel 2, 20 to 23. So Daniel answered and said, "'Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, "'for wisdom and might are his.'" And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. Verse 23 is what I want to focus on too. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now have made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. So Daniel praised and worshipped throughout that. Making known what he has done is praise and worship, and we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on. So I want to read from Psalm 105. Uh verses one through three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. That part of praise. This is making known what he's done, and sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works. And verse three, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So let those who seek the Lord rejoice or be happy. In rejoicing, power flows. If we need power to flow in a particular lead, we need to be rejoicing, right? So my, my example for this is, um, a little while ago, I think it was during COVID times, so, I, you know, on the job hunt and I was on many, many opportunities and, uh, many panel I- interviews and, so I work in the pharmaceutical world, in, a, in the arena, in different spaces, in market research, market access, and sales. And I had interviewed with a company called Bristol Mile Squib. And I thought I nailed the interview. I went through, I believe it was three rounds, right, Allie? I think it was three rounds. And after that, I said, well, I feel pretty good about it. This is going to be the job I want. And so I came out in faith, and I said, hey, guys, let's let's rejoice. I didn't know what was, the outcome was going to be, but I acted in faith. I said, let's rejoice. We, I think we played, played some Rhema songs, and we danced a little bit you know, with the kids, and the kids were like, what are you doing right now? I said, well, we're rejoicing for what we don't have right now, and that's, that's a job. And so next day they called me and said that I didn't get it. But I still rejoiced. I said, man, that was a tough hit, but I still, still rejoiced. So let's look at Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. I really like that last part, as was his custom in his early days, which means he created a habit of this. He, as a young boy, and he was young already, I think he was about 17 years old when this all happened, he already created a lifestyle of worship. And in Daniel chapter 9, verse 4, and I prayed to the Lord my God, and made confession and said, "O Lord, this is again praise, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. So to walk in genuine worship will change your life. That's a statement by pastor, and his praise shall continually be In our mouths. Not sure if I have this noted to you, Mr. Dower, but um, wanted to pull Psalm thirty-four, one. I will bless the Lord at all times; his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And another similar verse to that is Hebrews thirteen, verses uh, verse fifteen. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our what lips. giving thanks to his name so it's not just sitting quiet idly by but it's actually moving our mouth and praising God and worshiping God with our mouths so what is the prerequisite for promotion so we're looking at Daniel and through his faith we can see that he was promoted Nebuchadnezzar gave him things. Um, because of what he was able to do with his interpretations and his gifts. So I want to read from Daniel chapter 2, verses 46 through 49. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel. Now the tables have turned, haven't they? I mean, before, Daniel was saying, I have faith, and essentially um, proving to Nebuchadnezzar that I'm not, I'm not going to be standing before your God so now you can only imagine how nebuchadnezzar is 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 looking now he's standing prostrate before daniel and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him the king answered daniel and said truly your god is the god of gods the lord of kings and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret then the king promoted daniel and gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise uh, of the wise men of Babylon but it didn't stop there the king also blessed his friends also daniel petitioned the king and he set shadrach meshach and abednego over the affairs of the province of babylon but daniel still was sat with the king so daniel lived a disciplined life to of character. So what are some of the things that he, what does that character look like? What does he experience? One of the things that mentioned is his diet. That's the first thing. He was not compromising. You know, when he didn't want to feast off the king's food, and I think also too, um, he didn't want to, he did not want to um, compromise on any of the unritual, unclean food and only ate vegetables. So when you look at this, being healthy is one of the first things that potentially could diminish from your life when in a crisis. So you're looking at this crisis situation, what's one of the things you stop doing or you begin doing? When you're in a crisis, some of you will go right to ice cream. When you're in a crisis, maybe some of you will just stop eating altogether. Well, this is not no compromising. He knew that this was ritually unclean, and he wanted to keep himself Um, non-compromising, and he wanted no part from anything from the king as well. And B, his motives. He wanted to glorify God instead. He didn't take the credit for interpreting the dreams, but he glorified God in everything that he did. And C, he spoke the truth. He spoke the truth to the authorities regardless. So this is something that we've... You know, we've experienced in the past, you know, the, our senators, our representatives, they, they go before us and they represent us. And some of the things that we've wanted in the past, they, they will be our representative. And so they will speak on behalf of us and they spoke some of the truth regardless of how hard it is to hear sometimes. And D, Daniel lived a disciplined life. As we know, he prayed toward Jerusalem three times a day. He may have even prayed more than that, but I believe, uh, we know that it is definitely three times a day, but he continued praying daily, even though it might cost his life. Um, he knew that if he was going to essentially not oblige to the king's orders, he was going, he was going to go to the fiery furnace. Daniel had honor. He had integrity. He lived a life that glorified God. He had no interests, he had no bribes, no payoffs, like you see your typical um, folks in politics sometimes that would that would benefit him. He lived very honorably and full of integrity. And lastly, he stood co- committed on various fronts. He was convicted um, through prayer, through friends, through beliefs. But because of that, through his conviction and his faith, he was rewarded and quickly rose through the ranks. But through that, through the promotion that he was given, Daniel was preparing for the job. He was diligently seeking God on every ground, on every level, through his diet, through his um, convictions, his disciplined life, um, and seeking and praying God. And God rewarded him. And his friends very handsomely. (laughs) So, Preparation time is never lost time. God can only use you as far as you are prepared to go. That's a statement by Brother Kenneth Hagin. And there are many who do not know the difference between following your mind and following your spirit. And they're quite confused. They need more preparation. So if you're feeling that you are a little confused in the next step that you're going, prepare a little bit more. Maybe you need to pray about that more. Listen to your spirit. Follow your spirit and exactly what they're telling you to do. But never diminish and devalue that preparation time. My goodness, um, I could even think about some of the preparation time that I did when I was a kid. Um, Not comparing myself to Daniel at all, but I started as a kid, maybe around 13 years old, playing piano. Never knew that it would lead me to where I am now on the worship team. So playing piano as a kid, I could not wait until baseball and soccer came around because I loathed it. I loathed playing the piano at first, and then later on something just snapped or, you know, um, ticked for me, and I started to love it. I practiced for hours and hours and hours, even to the point in high school, now looking at colleges and universities to go to, I would get up, I think it was about four thirty, five a.m., before school started, I had to be there around 7.30. And so that gave me an opportunity to practice for a couple hours And because my place that I had piano lessons was only down the road from the high school. So then I didn't know I was preparing for what would be today. <laughs> and so I treated that very, very seriously and, and went on um, to where I am. So we can't give bottom of the class attitude and expect God's top of the class rewards. You need to train yourself and don't treat this lightly. When you're being promoted and you're studying and you're looking for that next promotion, whether it be at work, whether it be even at church, whether it be um, anywhere else in your part of your life, treat it honorably as Daniel did. Treat it honestly. Be disciplined with it. Be full of integrity. If you have Holy Spirit conviction to move, maybe potentially to a different job, listen to that. If you don't, then that's okay too. You can stay where you are. So how is all of this going to aid me in my race? So what are you going to do? This is where this is where it gets really good and you know how pastor always says when you say some difficult stuff or when he's about to say some difficult stuff what does he say I love you know tell me that you love me or I love my pastor I'm not your pastor but for those of you that are here you can say Nikolai I don't know do you love me or no just say Nikolai I love you (laughs) anyway I'm going to be ripping off a couple of Band-Aids tonight, but I think we all know some of this as well. Uh, but this is really to encourage you. This is really to help you. And this is not just for 2024. This is for now. You can start this to tonight. You can start this tomorrow. <clears throat> the first item, every man will pray when he's faced with a need. But only a man of faith will praise when he's faced with a need. So when we pray, we're praying a lot of times for a need. I need, I need, I want, I want, I hope, I hope, I hope. But a man of faith will praise even when he's faced with a need. And so, you know, talking back to the my job need, I praised, I praised through it, you know, even through, th- through COVID, it actually happened right before it started. When the world shut down, I believe it was on March 16th, 2020. And so I looked at my wife and I said, what is going on here? So everybody was trying to learn what, how the world was going to function. These human resources groups, even companies remote, whether you're going to be remote, folks that came in the office, Oh my goodness! Do we trust you to stay at home? A lot of unanswered questions that were happening, including for me being at home. And so here I am. I'm thinking, well, my goodness, I, I guess I should keep applying for jobs. So I'm, I was keeping you know, keeping with that, but I kept getting rejection notices, rejection notices, rejection notices, and I'm thinking, what in the world's going on here? So finally, I had a conversation with another HR person and said. What's going on? And they said, look, we don't know what's happening with the world right now. We're kind of just shutting down our HR. There's freeze. And that was happening place to place to place to place. So I got in my spirit, keep applying, but rest in me. That's exactly what I did. And I had a grand time during COVID. <laughs> I was able to go here and there and go about, and during that time when I was quote re- you know released from my job, um, you know there were some things that that happened that actually involved needing a lawyer. So I had spoken with some lawyers, and the the amount of favor that I had because my wife and I together praised our way through this. We prayerfully took this. Very carefully and said, this is what we want. I still, to this day, have a list of exactly the specific prayers and expectations that I wanted for my next job. And because that's, when you pray, you need to be specific. I said, this is what I want. And it's not being needy or selfish, but God tells us, what do you want? You know, what do you need? What do you want? I'll give it to you. And so that's what we did and we praised our way through it. And so, they wanted to take me to court because of some some of the things that were uh, negative um, about uh, you know releasing me and whatnot, and so they did. And so when I arrived at virtual at virtual court, and essentially if COVID never happened, I'd probably be going into court and stating my case, like, "Hey, I did nothing wrong here." And so the favor of God was all over that situation. Would you know? That my company that had released me didn't even show up. So I had one-on-one attention with the judge and she said, Nikolai, can you present your case? Alyssa or Allie had written up. She's my, my go-to lawyer. Um, much smarter than I am. And so she wrote up this, you know, this case workup exactly what I was going to say and do. And, and so I did. And, you know, I added my personal touch to it. And then finally, the judge said, Nikolai, I'm terribly sorry that you went through this. You're going to be awarded your full back pay. You're going to be awarded this, and you're going to be awarded that. And I'm like, the tears just streaming down my, my face because of how God was honoring our prayers. And I was so thankful. I walked out of there and now I can rest even more knowing, my goodness, my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And I received every single bit of it and thank God for it. Praise brings the anointing. Brother Hagin said that. So always keep talking and worshiping God. It keeps you spiritually minded. It matters what you have your mind on. And if you recall last time, in um, <clears throat> make up your mind, overcome confusion with with wisdom. This is where I say this is one section one point five. Always keep talking and worshiping God. This is this will keep your mind straight. This will keep you spiritually in tune in all the matters that you have on your mind. So what are the benefits of worship? You become more aware of how great he is. So what's the secret sauce in this? And it actually says in Psalms 25, verse 14, in the Amplified Classic Version, it says, The secret of this sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship him that's the secret you've got to worship him you have to praise him miss connie went into great detail about that on sunday what is your mind on are you praising are you worshiping are you praising your way through some of these situations 2024 is coming up quickly and we know that's one year closer to the end times and man things are shaking up if you're looking at Israel and the end times uh, I think the UN General Assembly just had a vote very recently to condemn some of the Israeli things that they're doing and also tell them to halt their defense which I think is absolutely crazy um, so this is something that as we keep our eye on Israel in 2024 yeah absolutely so where do we need to keep our mind we need to keep our mind focused we need to keep our mind in tune with the Holy Spirit I wanted to talk a little bit more about the worship. So our worship must be genuine. Allie and I, when we pick these songs for worship, so for those of you that are listening online, my wife, Allie or Alyssa, she doesn't like it when I call her Alyssa, so I'll call her Allie. Um, there's a big it's a big undertaking to select songs and every week we're thinking about it we're talking about it, we're praying about it and there are some weeks where I've got it, there are some weeks where I look at Allie and say, what do you got? What's I don't have anything, and then she, she's got it, and she pulled it out of her hat and so I wanted to revert back a little bit, Um I think it was a a sermon that pastor had on genuine worship. Do you remember the series that he did on worship? I think it was back in 2021. And actually he used Daniel as an example. And he was talking about our worship must be genuine. And he talked about also music and emotions. And he, I find this chuckling because our pastor does not dance. Um, he does not do that at all. He raises his hands and worship. Absolutely he does. And when he stands here or back there, that part of the ceiling is the most pointed ceiling that I've ever seen. But he talks about um, Keith Green and about how he doesn't move for worship, um, you know, for Keith Green's music. But he is moved by worship in his heart. For me, I'm a little different. Um, I'm absolutely moved by music, whether it be classical or certainly worship music. I absolutely love worship music, but secondly, I love classical music. I could probably you know, some days I may even listen to more classical music than worship music, and that's okay too. But I'm not moved with emotion as I am with worship. and So with classical music, there's Such intricacies with with it. There's emotions. I love listening to, you know, piano concertos um, and 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 and, uh, and other song selections. And I'm wired differently that way. So we enjoy our differences. But my genuine, you know, my 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 worship is genuine. And and I see you all worship too. And I see it. I see it. You know, in you as well. Um, But our you know, Pastor mentioned, too, about how all of our kids, when they come out of the womb, they are moved by music. Even today with Etta, you know, she is always jiggling around and dancing around with music. And that comes as soon as worship music comes on. It almost seems like there's a reverency. It's like she knows already. It's a difference if we put on a show on TV that's got a real nice kick and beat to it. She'll dance a little bit. But as soon as we put worship music, it's a little different. There's a reverence to it. There's an honor to it. And my goodness, she's only a year and a half years old. And so when I look at that, I'm like, wow, what does she see? What does she know even in that little brain of hers? So the word of God tells us to raise our hands, to shout. It might be uncomfortable. It certainly was for me. I was, you know, a a Baptist boy back in the day. I'm Pentecostal now. I think what do they call us? Uh Um yeah, I I think that's right. <clears throat> but some th- some things you just need to get comfortable with. And you know, yes, although I'm playing on the piano, yeah, I'm worshiping up there as well. I I'm right there with you. I'm I'm, you know, and Allie has a big undertaking of not um, not forcing you into worship but allowing the atmosphere of worship to be created and that's exactly what Allie does and she does it really, really well. <clears throat> so as a Baptist boy I never raised my hands. But you know, my experience here years ago, I think it was about seventeen, maybe a little bit longer, uh when Allie and I were dating, she said, Hello, you know, hey, come to my church, my my dad is the pastor, and I said, what am I getting myself into? So I said, sure, I'll come, of course. So I came, and my goodness, it was loud up in here. I said, and I always heard about the Pentecostals, but I never experienced it. And so I was like, oh, okay. Hey, if if that's worship to you, you, sh- you know, hooting and hollering, raise hands. You're shouting? Sure, it was uncomfortable for me, but I enjoyed watching in the sense of, yeah, these guys are in true worship. That that's that's worship. That's genuine worship. <clears throat> All right. Let's go on. Real faith is not hindered by time. It starts now, like I said earlier. We don't have to wait until, you know, 2024, you know, ringing in the new year. We can start now. We can start tonight, tomorrow. And very thankful that pastor has, I think for a long time now, has, um, instituted a read chapter a day. If you want to read more than that, absolutely go for it. Read more than that. Get that word in you. So as you start in 2024, we all know this by Brother Hagen. Faith acted upon produces results. That's part of worship. That is, that is part of allowing your mind to be in the right place for when the new year comes. Refuse to allow your mind or your flesh to be your master. Uproot it and remove it once and for all. There was a, a research study done in Sweden on actually on hypochondriacs. Who would have thunk? This was called, and they they renamed hypochondriacs, I don't know if you know this or not, to illness anxiety disorder. That's what it's called now. So these are people that can't shake their fears and meds don't help at all. So doctors are telling them, and of course these are not Christian doctors, they're not telling them go to the Word or praise and worship or spend some time in the Holy Spirit. They're saying, go to this new phone app and play games. This is what they're doing. I actually worked for a company that I helped with in the pharmaceutical world where part of their patient services, um, you could download this app to help with what they call behavioral mental awareness, And my friend Mike, he worked with me at Merck. He's probably familiar with apps like this. He he was telling me about these a long time ago, and sure enough, I saw it in action. You actually play games on your phone as part of your medical therapy. And they have a name for it, but I don't remember. (laughs) So this is where the Band-Aid starts getting to p- being pulled off. In 2024, get rid of all bitterness. Ephesians 4:31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Bitter people internalize things. Sometimes even imaginations, casting down all imaginations. That's exactly what god is telling us bitter people will create things in their life that don't even exist and hang on to it they will run and mull over the situation over and over and over again and if that band-aid didn't hurt enough get rid of all unforgiveness (laughs) Unforgiveness in the Greek, apomai is the word. No matter what, the offense, we need to let it go. That's actually what the Greek tells us, and I'll read that again. No matter what the offense is, we need to let it go. But as soon as you do this, the enemy will try and bring people from your past or put situations in your life to make you bitter or harbor unforgiveness. I know as soon as you try and walk in peace, doesn't something just snap almost immediately? Allie and I, we went to William Penn Inn a couple weeks ago, had a lovely dinner and very peaceful, no kids, which was great and very much needed. And so we were driving home, we were just peaceful and all of a sudden this guy comes out of nowhere and cuts me off. And I'm thinking, oh boy. But what, so I stayed calm, but what's, what's even better, I may have flashed my lights at him. Okay. But because of that, he, he actually got enraged and told me I was number one. And I think, wait a second. You were the one that cut me off. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be at my peace and I'm I'm going to be immovable. And my goodness, don't allow the enemy to pull things when as soon as you start forgiving those around you, don't allow the enemy to pull situations or other things in the past that you may remember or anything like that. Cloud it out, get it, get get it gone. Rick Renner says, walking in forgiveness is part of your lifestyle as a mature believer. If you want to be a mature believer, walk in maturity. Be a mature believer in 2024. Be a mature believer tonight, starting tomorrow. With unforgiveness. Haven't the Lord forgiven your sins? Amen. But it doesn't mean you need to rekindle those relationships. But remove that strife from your life. You'll feel better. And we're not supposed to be carrying that burden on our shoulders. <laughs> For sure. But Pastor Connie mentioned on Sunday, be adamant about your praise. Learn to praise more. Be a living testimony. You're not a victim. You're a victor, right? but also don't do things that will weaken you do the things that will strengthen you that was a statement by Pastor Steve if those things that are weak are thinking about some of those thoughts that have entered and you don't want them anymore get rid of them strengthen yourself in the Lord praise, worship God and be a blessing to those around you in 2024. A couple of nights ago, we were, we were able to go to King of Prussia Mall. And we love doing that around the holidays. We invite Pastor and Connie to come with us. And we always, we like to go to Cheesecake Factory. We've got a tradition. We go to this shop. We go to that shop. And it's almost very predictable. But it's fun. It's so much fun. And so <clears throat> um, my wife, Allie, she had this great idea. And I actually didn't know that she was doing it because we were separated. I was Christmas shopping and she was doing her own thing. But she had brought um was a candy canes, I think it was, to deliver or bless other kids, maybe some other people with. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. So I was watching these kids, and of course they're nervous as all get out, trying to go up to strangers. And of course we teach our kids stranger danger, you don't really go up to them, but now we're telling them go give them candy. So I could see where they're confused. Um, so they're... <coughs> Once the first one happened and they saw that smile on that kid's face, it almost was addicting. And I could see that in Chendo. Chendo was a little more, um, shy. Lumi was the brave one. She, as soon as she found somebody, she would go right up to that person, be a blessing. It, whether it was a kid or one place we went to, it was a grown up. And this is a grown up just kind of sitting there, very, you know, quiet, quiet, you know, no, not cheerfully. But as soon as Lumi went up to that person, that person's face just glowed up and, you know, was was a blessing. So find a way to bless others this year. And God tells us to bless those around us, right? And he'll provide for us to be able to do that. Amen. Did I miss any uh, fill-ins for the application piece? All right. I hope this helps you. I hope you know going into twenty twenty four that this example of genuine worship for for Daniel um, <clears throat> is probably, I think, one of the best examples for genuine worship, going against the grain. You know, like I said, twenty twenty four might be a rocky one. We know it's political season coming up. We know it's going to get kind of rocky. We know that we're getting closer and closer to the end. But you know what? Stand firm. Still praise. Still still worship. Apply that to your life. Remember that you are a victor in all this. If you don't know what's going to be happening you know, coming in 2024, don't try and figure it out. Walk in peace. Walk in that love. Walk and be a blessing to those around you. Um, I remember a time when Etta was born <clears throat> and praise and worship was a real, um, I would say example for those that, that were around us. They didn't know what praise and worship was. So when Etta was, I guess, trying to be born, um, she, you know, Allie was experiencing about a week, week, you know, weeks worth of labor. So every day we just had worship music on and we, Thank Pastor and Connie for taking our kids. Time We couldn't have done it without them. And during that time, uh, we may have watched maybe a couple of movies and and whatnot, but worship music was always consistently on. That atmosphere of worship was always in our home. We didn't forget that. We prayed. I prayed over her. She prayed over me. We prayed together throughout this. When, And we prayed through a lot of her big, what do you call them, contractions and a lot of times she'd start praying and then she starts screaming and i'm thinking oh maybe she was hit by the holy spirit nope she wasn't she was hit by pain and so we go we go through it but all to say is that we had a chance to show an example of praise and worship to um i would say they were most likely atheists i know definitely one of three was and you know during our you know during that time when they finally came over our home there were some complications and so Etta was born at our home uh, I think it was around 4am and it was it was a bit challenged, she got stuck a little bit and then came out so this is new information to a lot of the church family, but I, I'm getting somewhere here, so hang tight so when, when Etta was born, she wasn't born alive Um, and Alyssa didn't know that. And so I tried to almost shield her away from that, but I knew exactly the moment when I needed to act on my faith, I started praying in the spirit and I didn't do it quietly. I did it forcefully. I did it loudly. Um, not that I wanted God to hear. God can hear me when I whisper too, but it was an act of faith. I was speaking life into that child And then Allie looked at me like, well, well, why are you doing that? And I said, well, come join me. And she started too. And then she, in the spirit, knew what was going on. Something's not right, but I'm going to continue praying in the spirit. And that's exactly what we did. But boy, oh boy, did we scare those people that were delivering that child. They looked at us like, oh my goodness, what are these people doing? They've had this music on for for so long we've had comments about are they in a cult what is this song my goodness this is so strange what did we get ourselves into what kind of house is this but it was a very blessed house and we were showing them our our worship and our praise but I will tell you that's when the miracle happened when Etta was born when when um, even though she wasn't alive for about four or five minutes Um, we were, we were praying through, and we were praying and that's when she finally took her first breath. And the other people just kind of, and I, I didn't tell Allie this, but Aaron, her name was Aaron. She looked at me and said, she just looked at me and I, and you know how you have that look about, I know what you're thinking. And she looked at me like, wait, was that, did that prayer help? Did that? But what, what is it that you just did? Um, it wasn't just mumbo jumbo, you know, speaking, you know, nonsense. I think she actually, even till today, I still believe that she thought that there was something godly about it, even though, because there's reverence when God is still in the room. My goodness, even, even demons shudder. They even know. But Aaron, who was this atheist, she looked at me with this look and And very convincing. But then after that, you know, she, we were going to, going to the hospital. Um, and we continued our prayer and worship. We continued it. We continued it. We continued it. And one of the things that, um, that Connie and Steve were able to do for Connie and Pastor for us, they kept our kids for almost a month. Um, and they were a, a blessing and, and can't thank them enough for it. But through that, we had prayer warriors with us. Pastor and Pastor Connie, they were praying with us. And, and Connie was actually at our house for a good portion of that time. And to give us that opportunity for Allie and I to be together, to pray together, to worship together. And every time we saw Etta in that hospital, we immediately put on worship music. And that's that's exactly what we did. So we, we know what we needed to do. Those doctors came in time after time after time and said your baby has HIE which is essentially how do I say this lightly, uh, your baby's brain dead. And we thought, Okay, well that's not happening <laughs> So and and you almost kinda chuckle at it, you know, when the enemy tries to throw a fiery dart at you. You just distinguish it with your shield of faith and that's exactly what we did. You know, this is this is an example that I wanted to share with, with you guys tonight is that we had a doctor call us. I still don't know who the doctor's name is, but Allie had a really very funny nickname for this doctor. And so a uh, very loving name. And so she called us actually the night that Etta was born. So Etta was born a Friday morning that night. And we, you know, Allie went to the hospital and did her thing. And that night we were in our car to meet our kids to go to dinner. And the doctor calls us and says, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Bacon wanted to make sure that you knew the gravity of gravity of your situation with your daughter. I said, okay, well, what's going on? So, said, well, she has what we call severe HIE, which is essentially, there's no hope. Um, we'll see what's going on. We'll monitor her. And a lot of this, you know, um, we didn't share with the church family at that time because we didn't knew we didn't know how much information we should share. Um, so we got this, and you know, had cheeseburgers, had red ramen. We seriously we said nope that fiery dart went so fast down with our shield of faith it's exactly how we need to treat those situations when you have something in your life that comes in at that level and yeah and it's a very serious situation some of you may not have that much of a serious situation but if you do man put that shield of faith on put that helmet of salvation walk in peace know, know exactly what is yours and walk in that and even till till today. Etta is defeating all odds. We rejoice in that. We are so thankful and one of the things that we do is every time you know they said that she wouldn't feed. She wouldn't eat, um, she wouldn't walk. She probably wouldn't talk. You're gonna get this seat. You're gonna need to get that seat. And I'm looking at Allie and I'm like, what? What I don't understand. So but I said that's not gonna be that's not going to be Etta. So they um, they continued, one doctor after another after another, just distilling this information that was just negative and bombarding and bombarding, dart after dart after dart. And we'd come home, and Miss Connie would be there, and we 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 would tell her what happened, and she laughed too. She's like, no, that's not going to happen. And thank goodness we had Pastor and Connie to pray with us. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be uh, because that situation was really rough. And But we knew that because of the leadership that we had here at church and the teaching that we have here at this church, that's what helped. So surround those, surround people that pray for you. Surround yourself with people that pray for you, with you. If you have a prayer partner, great. If you don't have a prayer partner in 2024, get a good one. Get a good one that knows the word. Get a good one that is going to hear you out. That's going to be there in the tough and and you know the good times too. You know, the Lord Jesus is with us with the good and bad times, and you know it helps to have friends that are able to do that for us too. Amen. All right. Well, let's close and pray here. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your holy written word. We thank you, Lord, that we can. Walk in peace. We thank you, Father, that your word springs up well in us. We thank you, Father, that you love us, that you take care of us, Father, that we, as we look into a new year, Lord, that we rely on you, Father, that we are victors, that we are blessed, that we are your children, and how honored we are to be. And we thank you for the example of Daniel and that what he was and how he stood in faith and how he was able to overcome and he walked peacefully, Lord. Help us to walk peacefully in 2024, Lord. Help us to increase our knowledge of the word as we, as we march on to the new year, Lord. We thank you for the word. We thank you for this body that we have here, this body of Christ, Lord, that Praise with us and for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you did not get the outline, feel free to email Pastor or myself. I'll give you the outline. If you missed anything, let me know. But other than that, have a great night. Thank you.